Welcome everyone to the Deep Dive, the podcast that skips small talk and goes straight for the concepts that shape our thinking and behavior. In this podcast, cold expertise is defenestrated as warm philosophy is enthroned in an attempt to explore the field in which we're all scientists looking for answers, living well. Welcome to another episode of The Deep Dive with Eyal Shai. Today I'm joined by Steph Smith. Hi, Steph. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. It's good to have you here. And I'd really like to hear from you uh, what you'd like us to discuss today. Yeah, so I have a couple, uh, but I'll start with one which I think is... Um, actually, I'll start with one which is, is very simple that um, I think... Is, is so simple that people look over it and it is to just do the work. I know, again, it sounds very simple, but we lose our way sometimes and, and we come up with all of these, you know, hacks or frameworks or solutions to get ourselves back on track or we look to other people, you know, for guidance in that way. And I actually um, found a quote the other day from one of James Clear's newsletters. He does the 321 newsletter. Um, and It's from a Stoic philosopher, Epictetus. I'm probably pronouncing that terribly, but it's it's basically, I'll, I'll just read parts of the quote, which I think are really important, but it, it alludes or speaks to this um, decision to just do the work. When you're struggling, you as a person, you can take responsibility, you can take accountability for whatever it is you want to do, and just focusing on the fact that you owe yourself that. You don't owe anyone else this, but you also don't need to overcomplicate it. Right. So there's like, like, let me just read out a couple things here. Um, now is the time to get serious about living your ideals. How long can you afford to put off who you really want to be? Your nobler self cannot wait any longer. Um, and then there's other parts like you are not a child anymore. The sooner you set yourself to your spiritual program, which is, you know, whatever you set, the happier you will be. The longer you wait, the more you'll be vulnerable to mediocrity and to feel filled with shame and regret because you know, you know you're capable of better. And so from this instant on, vow to stop disappointing yourself, separate yourself from the mob and decide to be extraordinary and do what you need to do now. And again, this sounds really simple, but I, I, I really resonated with this because as with everyone else in the world, I go through peaks and valleys and there are times when I just feel completely you know, burnt out or overwhelmed or just on the wrong track. And not to diminish those feelings for other people, but whenever I do get back on track, it's not because I found some like super, you know, incredible new framework that, you know, changes my life. It's really just a like realization and again, an accountability to myself to be like, the only way I'm going to get back on track is just to be accountable, to show up every morning or every afternoon or to, to do the things that I say I'm going to do or that I want to do. Right. And if I don't do those things then I'm not going to get anywhere. And so that's one thing which I, I read recently that I was like, wow, this, this actually really speaks to me. Yeah, that's lovely. I mean, straight away you go to stoic philosopher. So we're, we're definitely started here on the right, <laughs> right foot forward. Um, yeah, this is great. And, you know, it does sound simple, but as with any of these things, there's a lot of thought that is kind of the, 
the idea in the end is just the tip of the iceberg, right? They're all just as with any elegant, very elegant equation. There are numerous other um, equations that have preceded it. And it's actually the work of the person who's synthesizing these ideas in the end to finally make the leap and create a very concise and elegant thing. And I think that's that's what he's doing. And I think uh, that's why in the end it sounds so simple. And that's what you're doing. So right now I'd love to maybe um, for the purpose of, of this podcast, kind of dig deeper and look at the hidden parts of the iceberg as uh, as you see them in your own life. So what were some uh, places that kind of led you to think about um, consistency or doing the work, um, not suffering from paralysis by looking into a thousand different directions and so on? Yeah, great question. So I, I think it is the cyclic um, thing where once you start doing the work and once you start not being you know, paralyzed by what all the things you could do, you make progress and that, that progress leads you to realizing that, oh, okay, if I continue along this path and, you know, it, it's cyclic in the fact that you have to get moving the same way, like a car is really hard to, to get moving. But once you do, you have this like reinforcing nature to the whole system. And so for me, it was, it was just getting started. And I can remember a specific point in time where up until then I was paralyzed. It was in probably 20, I'm losing track of years, 2018, I believe. And up until then, I was the person that I see a lot of online, which is someone reading a, you know, a lot of articles, reading about what everyone else is doing and reading about like the right frameworks or paths, but not doing anything myself. Um, and then I happened to be in Bali at this time. That's where I was living. And Luckily, I was just surrounded by people who weren't paralyzed. They were hacking away at their own apps. And it didn't matter if that, that was like, you know, making millions of dollars or making like $200 a month, right? They were all working and hacking away at it. And I could see the like different levels of progression and how there aren't these overnight successes, right? That, that just like one thing leads to another. And so I could see that firsthand and I was like, oh, okay. So like, I don't need to come up with this like billion dollar idea or I don't need to have the perfect golden plan to move forward. I can just start building things. And so that was really like the start of, you know the wheels turning for me is, is that year I taught myself to code. And then I just started like building fun things for myself. And so that was, that was the beginning and that was four years ago, right? And so, people, some people will look at my work today and be like, oh, you know, how did you get to this point? And I'm like, I've been literally like hacking away at things for years now. Um, and so, yes, I don't, I still get paralyzed sometimes, but I don't tend to get as paralyzed because now I'm just like, again, the wheels are moving, the friction, the initial like force to, to get something in motion, I'm already done. But I see a lot of people that haven't done that, right? Where they're, they're stuck in this paralysis of just analyzing what they might do. Yeah, yeah, that and that is right up my alley too because I feel I feel that you're you're precocious when it comes to that. But for me, I think it was around um, when I maybe turned thirty or something like that. I realized much like you that okay, I I, I read so many books at this point. You know, I've heard so many people, so many quotes, um, and I just started feeling that yeah, I do have some non-trivial ideas 
just going here and non-trivial syntheses that I've been making for years now. And although there are bigger experts than me on, on any topic, you're going to choose uh, the very unique syntheses that exist in my mind may be worth sharing. So in, in, in terms of self-expression, that's something that drives you forward and that is quite a, a hurdle to to overcome i think initially is the th the thinking that you know who am i who am i to start contribute to a world that's already exploding with information who am i to now start yet another blog who's going to be you know the nth um blog out there who am i to start the podcast yeah this is this is so true. And I think that realizing that what you're going to do is just as much for you as it is for, for people out there. And I assume now I'm going to take a, a, a huge risk here and guess that, you know, maybe one of the first times when it clicked for you, because I felt that on me is the first time you actually get feedback from people that, you know, what, what you did, what you put out there. Uh, matters to them when it at least when it comes to to writing and stuff like yeah. that. yeah but not just writing anything you produce online like uh, a lot of people today if they recognize my work online will recognize the writing but I actually started with coding as my like initial seed of like let me put myself out there I'm making these apps and so whether it's through coding or podcasting or writing or through building a business that people look up to yeah it is it is a revelation when you start to get that feedback because most of the time uh you're you don't think your work is as good as other people do or at least i find that right so so you're surprised that someone's like this article changed my life or like or even if it's not that extreme like i this really like changed the way i view things or something of that nature and it's always surprising because yes you uh, I think everyone has an imposter in them and that imposter is always asking those questions like, why me? But I think it's really important and you do train yourself to do this. The more of that feedback you get is to like, just alter that question and add a word, which is why not me? And that is, I find such a powerful question because no matter if you're, you know, 15 or 50, why not me? Why can't I be the one to change the world? And and I maybe, you know, older people will be like, oh, that's such a like young person way to, to view the world or maybe a naive even way to view the world. But when I say, why not me? It's not like, why not me? I'm going to be the most important person in the world. It's like, why can't I change the way people see this one topic? Or like, why can't I be the first to have this idea, even though that often doesn't happen? But the idea is that like, yeah, why can't I do this? Why can't I learn to code? Why can't I, you know, be the one to create this blog that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people read? Um, and there's this quote from Steve Jobs, which I I say is my my absolute favorite quote in the world, because it it speaks to this idea, which is that like, we come into life and maybe it's the way that we're taught in schools to admire people and to think, wow, these people are almost like otherworldly. And therefore, like, I am just like a, a mere human relative to these, like, almost superheroes is, is, is the way that, you know, when you read a history book, you're like, wow, this person's almost like a superhero. But then you realize that, like, everything, this is the quote, everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you and you can change it, you can influence it and you can build your own things that other people use. And once you learn that, 
you'll never be the same again. And this is from Steve Jobs, who clearly like realized that he realized that like all the other technology that had been invented prior to him that influenced so many people, whether it's like the light bulb or the the car, um, were invented by people not necessarily any smarter than him. And so he thought, like, why can't I create, you know, a computer or a phone that does the same thing? And really that I think you know, underlines the like, why not me? Steve is like, why can't I be that person? I think I can. And I think a lot of people limit themselves by saying like, no, 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 that's for other people. And, and almost like, maybe there's a part that people would be like, oh, that sounds really cocky, but it's like, no, but you should, you should want to live a life where you are uniquely contributing in some way to the world, or at least that's what I believe. And so limiting yourself by saying, why me, I think is, is more often than not detrimental. Yeah, that's that's so true. It resonates with me a lot. So as as for the the why not me framing, I can give an example from my life. You know, going to uh, my uh, driver's license test. Right, I just remember telling myself, "Why not me?" It's like so many people go there. It's so easy to become because this has consequences for you, right? If you fail, it's gonna take a few more weeks until you can take it again. It's gonna take more money. Um, it's going to whatever, maybe you're just the kind of person who really has to get it on the first try to just have your, your ego inflated, whatever. For some reason, it's it's really easy to kind of make this whole thing kind of a, a weight that you carry on your shoulders and you go then and you show up nervous and all that. And that actually is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whereas if we approach it with the framing of why not me, you can open your eyes, see, wow, a lot of people out there are driving. Some of them are, uh, you know, I'm, I'm even surprised that they got the license. And this allows you to go into a, a space, whatever field you're in, and, you know, realize that you are, you are one of these peers that are doing whatever it is, and you can influence. I, I also think that it's, it's such a good thing to emphasize the fact that if some 18th century genius wrote something about a topic that is so comprehensive and wonderful, that doesn't mean that people today have access to it. So you writing it in the 21st century are going to write it for your contemporaries who have a very different taste in what they write and how they imbibe their ideas. You know, so even though it's a type of remix that you're doing and it's not wholly original because what is, uh, it's it's really worth it um, going there and and doing the the work, as you say. And I think that I think that's a that's a great way to to frame it. Why not me? Um, I'd like to ask you in terms of of your personal journey about uh, motivation, like uh, going there, coming on on the on this kind of edge where you decide to to go through it or to go through the door, whatever metaphor we're going to use. Uh, what is the motivation there? What What is going through your head? So I think this will heavily differ on the person, but for me, I've, I think from a very young age, you could even say like, since I was a baby, or at least my mom tells me, like, I've just been a very ambitious, like energetic, want to do things. I know what I want. And I'm like, I, I go and accomplish it. And I, I will, you know, admit that I don't know how much of that is nature versus nurture, right? I do think my parents also had a very good way of, I don't know how they've done it and I need to like study it because I want my kids to be this way too, but like to, um, to like 
embed in me this belief that I can truly do whatever I want. Like, I truly believe that. And I don't think many other people believe that. And so I don't know how they accomplish that. Or again, if it's nature versus nurture. So I think there's that pulling at me. But then I think I've also structured my life in a way where um, I talk about this a lot, uh, being able to have your financial stability in one place, and then therefore being wholly motivated to pursue whatever you want on the side. Um, And I think that's really important or has been important for me, because you asked, like, how do you how do you like move past a motivation or, or like a friction to get started. And it's because I just like, I'm so curious about these things and, and I can truly pursue my whole curiosities versus I think many people when they don't have like, what I mean by my financial stability, like I have my job, which I get paid for and, you know, I'm very happy with. And that is, you know, one part of my life. But then on the side, it's like, again, I'm only pursuing things that I'm like, really stoked to pursue. Most people have some sort of hybrid, which means like they've dropped out of school or they've left their job and they're like, I'm pursuing this business. But then that business takes on a life where it's like, it's, it's, it is fun maybe at first, but then it has all these like, you know, downstream effects of, I literally need to buy groceries this week. Like, and this business is supporting that. And so I think the reason that I've been able to like continue to stay motivated in terms of my side projects is again, for that reason that it's like, I'm only pursuing things that I'm really curious about and that I want to do because I don't need to do them. Right. And that's kind of like a, a beautiful thing that I, I only have to do the things that I, or, or I, I only do the things that I don't actually have to do. And there's like, I was listening to Morgan Housel's book, uh, psychology of money recently. And he has this chapter on freedom and part of that chapter, like, I think there was this one, I can't remember the quote, but it, it, it basically speaks to the fact that something that you love that you then have to do because becomes something that you hate, right? It's the freedom to choose what you want to do that actually makes something lovable, if that makes sense. And, and, and I think that's one of the reasons that I've been able to stay motivated throughout the years is because I can dictate what I want to focus on and not have like those external pressures. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. And uh, again, I think I think that's a very sound approach. Um, it's almost like you, <laughs> it's almost like you have um, what they call like fuck you money, but for your yeah, for your creative of. endeavors, so that you don't have to make them into something that you're later going to to hate. And yeah, that's that's also interesting to me in terms of your in terms of your more creative pursuits. How how were you actually coming up with them? Like, how would an idea pop in your head that this is something I want to try? And uh, yeah, how do you go about that usually? Well, I used to go about it in what I think is not a great way. Like before I even started creating, back when I was in university, I was like, I just want to create something. And I would like sit down and every day, like write down what are things that I can create. And the issue with that approach was not so much the jotting down of ideas, but it it was that I was like not living an interesting life, but then trying to come up with interesting ideas, which doesn't work. And so I wasn't reading interesting things. I wasn't traveling and seeing interesting things. I wasn't around interesting people. I wasn't studying interesting businesses. It was just like me in a vacuum being like, how do I, you know, how do I come up with a new business? Because I want to be an entrepreneur or whatever it might be. And so now I I think what I've done partially like subconsciously or, or without pure intention is, is, living an interesting life. I was nomadic for five years. Um, I have worked with several 
what I call, what I think of are interesting businesses, like through running trends, I get access to like so many different um, businesses and entrepreneurs. And I now read more interesting things. I've curated, you know, as people say, my information diet or, you know, what, whatever you might call it. And because of that, now I actually think that like, I, I just am encountering interesting things. I, it's not as hard for me to think of, of things. Like I don't have to actually sit down and allocate time to it. Cause if anything, now I have like a bombardment of like, I could do this or I could do this or I could do this. And so of the things that surface, like I have this long laundry list of things that I want to do now, because as we talked about, I have kind of like fuck you money as it relates to creator um, or creating things on my own. Then I just go with like what I'm really excited about. And that maybe is is a very simplistic measurement or or way to think about it. But you know, as people say, you can only really work on something for so long if you're not interested in it, and you can only do it so well. And so, at least while I have this like structure where I don't have to make money from things immediately or ever, then I then I just gravitate towards truly what I like. What is pulling me? What am I like stoked to put out there? What What am I gonna want to spend my weekend doing? Because again, like I have a full time job, right? So it, it is partially that I I can only do things that I would have the energy for. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense, and I like how it all uh, comes together. The, the the nomadic lifestyle with the fact that it does inject you with new experiences, new ideas, new inspirations, for sure. I think there is actually nothing, well, nothing, but it's quite sad to see whatever artist, you know, making it big and then kind of ossifying creatively to a point where their new album is just uh just uh basically a replica of yeah a replica yeah the same yeah. thing with movies right so th that's something you have to be aware of i i was listening to a podcast last night with mark andreessen and he was talking about how uh even with companies it's the same thing how a new company who thinks they're super innovative and they are they come in and he says there's typically five years where after that five years they become the incumbent and the reason for that is because they now have something to protect and the same thing is happens with artists and the same thing happens with movies that's why every superhero movie has like eight you know sequels or whatever it might be because they've now they found something that works and now they realize the like dividends that can be paid if they just replicate that and that's a safer route than if they were to you know revisit the drawing board and take a risk and so it's kind of nice to to not have to like again my financial stability is elsewhere so i can launch a project that makes a hundred thousand dollars and be stoked but then still feel comfortable as my next project to not monetize at all right or or to to launch something and have it completely fail because my financial stability is elsewhere versus if you're a large movie studio you have like you know shareholders or people that you need to cater to and once you've found that golden goose it's like you you can't give it up and that's why you see these these kind of repetitive streams of of artistry even though the artists are probably like you know killing themselves at night like oh like i really want to put this out there but i don't feel like i have the like creative freedom to yeah absolutely and you know i come more from the side of of creative work than than business but that makes perfect sense and i think that each and every one of us that's trying to do something creative and contribute to the world in in the form of of thoughts, ideas, or anything like that. That's part part that uh, something that really helps you do the work is actually having your own little R and D 
in your mind, right? So if you have whatever format you have for your podcast, you might want to break the pattern every now and then. If you have some very, rec- even a very recognizable form to your blog, you might want to do something crazy every once in a while, because that is actually going to ensure that, first of all, you have novelty, which is very important to um, to counter the, you know, just the burnout effect from doing the same thing over and over. And it's also going to appeal to people, in, to new people and to the same people who have been, that's going to, um, prevent burnout in, in, in your audience or something like that. So I think that's, uh, very, that's a very good point about, uh, both, both creating things and, and creating businesses that we should probably remember to, to spice things up in some way to, to change them and to try new things all the time. And I wonder, yeah, is that, is that something that has come up in your work so far? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's important to me, and it speaks to this idea that um, I I was going to mention earlier, but it's this idea of like keeping your identity small. It's all related. Where it's like you have to continue iterating, you have to continue reinventing yourself, and most people are unable to do this because they become fixated on. Um, actually, if you if you view your identity similar to what we were talking about before, businesses or you know albums, it's the same concept. Where once you found something that you like, you like that people view you this way, or even you view yourself that way, you become protective over it. The same way you become protective over a, like a popular album and the revenue that it generates. It's like you you become, you know, in a different way, protective over people viewing you this way or you viewing yourself this way and operating in a specific domain. And so in life, like you can reach certain, you know, milestones. And then once you, once you reach those milestones, you, again, you, you become more protective over that thing. And I think it's really, really important in any domain to like have that awareness of when am I moving from an opportunistic or a, or actually not even opportunistic, like a creative space to one that where I'm just, I'm protecting what I have because you can rarely get to the next level of something with that mindset of like just focusing on protecting what you already have. You have to continue taking those risks because risk and like protection are almost like and they're like the antithesis of, of one another. And so, yeah, I think I think that's something that I've tried to do. And, and again, why I've structured my creative endeavors as separate from my financial freedom, because that allows me to do that, right? That allows me to like literally bet on whatever I want and not be stuck in this like, oh, I hit X number of revenue this year. I must hit it next year again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I, I like the keeping your identity small idea for sure. It's, it just makes sense not to not to stay in one place again, not to, not to do that. And I like how, you know, speaking about it now, I can see that there is a, a shift from, it's not just do the work, but it's do the creative work. And it's important that it stays creative. Because we we all must have novelty again not to experience the the burnout not to experience the the drying up of ideas and it's so tempting right it's so tempting to be protective of your your best hits or whatever your your greatest hits it makes sense right it it keeps the money flowing in and then but then like you say you become dependent on it and if you were hoping to always be um 
famous and popular for the one song that you got out there. No, there's it's it's always there. There are always a, a new one, literally a new yeah. one made by somebody else is going to uh, to usurp the the number one spot. Exactly, and and you see this all the time with. Um, all types of professions. So another example that came to mind as you were speaking is like um, actors. Matthew McConaughey has talked about this a lot where he became known as the rom-com guy. Like literally studios would reach out to him and they're like, hey, we have this new rom-com, you're gonna love it. And he realized that like he had become this thing and there's nothing wrong with it, but he was like, you know, speaking to this, like, keep your identity small. He's like, I wanna be so much more than the rom-com guy. I wanna be like the guy in all these other genres of movies and I want to be the really dynamic character it's not this guy who just falls in love and you know what's going to happen to him but he found that it was really difficult to do that right he had to put in the work to re-gear people or open their minds to the fact that he could play many different roles and so in that case um from what I remember from his interviews he basically had to just like he had to like shut that tap off fully and he had to say I'm not doing any more rom-coms and like it took years for him to start getting new offers. In fact, like he, he remember, I remember him telling a story where like he said no to a rom-com and they were like, really? Like, you don't want this offer? And it was a really good offer. And he's like, no. And then they came back and they, you know, they like doubled the offer and they're like, we're going to pay you X million dollars to do this. And he was like, it's really hard, but like, no, like I need to shut this faucet off. I need to actually like, you know, as people say, like burn the boats, right? I need to burn the boats because no one's ever going to hire me for this like really dynamic role. Like I think Dallas Buyers Club was like one that he did. And it's like, he would have never gotten that role if he continued to just do the rom-coms. And so similarly, it's like, if you're if you're like a musician and if you continue to put out four albums in a row that sound the same, it's like, you have a really hard time dropping that next album that's completely different and you're probably going to get a lot of pushback. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about uh what about adding to your arsenal in terms of of knowledge and and skill set? Like is that something that you that you make sure that is constantly expanded also because what if, you know, years down the lane um you are going to to feel like making a sharp turn in terms of career or something like that. So I know you've had that experience with coding, which is is it is it not originally what you you went to college for? No, like not at all. And it's actually not even what I do for work either. So I think mm. that's a great example of like as we were just talking about doing the work is not just how much time you spend today, right? It's it's kind of setting your life up so that yes, you can make these pivots so that you are kind of dynamic enough to receive the brunt of getting fired somewhere or a certain job path not working out or you just wanting to make a, a complete 180. Um, I think that has been something that I've picked up on a lot more of over the last couple of years is realize like I'm so much more powerful and like resistant to, to harm if I, not only am a marketer, which is kind of more of like what I do now, but I also know how to code. I also know how to do design. I also write online and I podcast. Also my, my degree back in the day, speaking to like keep your identity small was in chemical engineering. So it's like all over the place, but I feel confident, like really way, way, way more confident than five years ago, certainly in my ability to like get jobs, but also create things on my own. So yeah, I'm, I'm a lot more 
resistant to, you know, something bad happening than certainly before, like right out of college, it was like, I had one degree and if I couldn't get hired for that degree or if like a job related to it, I was screwed. Right. And so, yes, I do think it's about like doing the work of learning and being on the edge of things so that you are not at risk. I mean, the whole like conversation that's happened for decades is like robots are going to steal our jobs and they probably will. I mean, there was an article from DeepMind that said the AIs are already coding like average programmers. But even regardless of that, like if you feel like you are on the fringe of like what people know and you are valuable, you have assets to companies or to your own self, then you're just going to be a lot less worried about those conversations like robots replacing our jobs because you just feel competent. And so it does take work to continue to stay on the edge of that. I mean, think about most people's lives. They go to school for 18 years or less than that, right? Because they start at three or four or whatever. And then they stop. They like, you know, they go to high school. Maybe they go to university. Maybe they get a postdoc. But like after they're done school, formal schooling, they're done. Like they don't learn. And so, yes, I, I do think that's that's something that I've made a priority in my life. And I think it's made my life a lot better and a lot more like I, I feel a lot more confident and less stressed. Yeah, for sure. I think that any of us who want to do well in the 21st century, we kind of have to grow up to be a renaissance person with a lot of talents. And it's uh, probably even truer for, you know, uh, my daughter right now is three and uh, I'm definitely going to tell her that, uh, first of all, she can do anything. And then second <laughs> of all, that that she probably needs to try and do everything. Um, and it also connects with me, like in, in my creative work, you know, even if, um, even if it's not on the topic of, of how to make a living or something like that, I find that for me, it's just something that I want for myself. I want to put out at least one rap song out there, even though I'm not a musician. Yeah. I want to put one short story out there. I want to put one, you know, whatever the, the medium is, whatever uh, the type of art it is, I want to be able to create it. Something completely mediocre at best, you know, but I don't care. I just want to go through the process of, of creating that and, this is again for myself to be able to uh, not get bored with myself and and to keep going for sure. Um, in terms of, so you've said you you've started at some point to feel the urge to to put things out there, your ideas that you thought mattered to you and may matter to others. Uh, what what is the overarching theme of this? How how would how are you? How do you see yourself? changing the world with uh, what do you want to see more of out there? Well, that's a that's a big question because I'm sure I could complain about many things in the world and how they could be better. Um, in terms of my actual work, though, at this point in time, it's it's not, you know, it's not the type of work that I think will actually, you know, impact the world in the way that an iPhone did or, you know, someone coming up with some new green technology. Um, but I do hope that, you know, if there, if there is a through line to some of my work, at least it is like empowering people to do the things that we talked about. So in my early work, I talked about, you know, people like kind of challenging the narrative of having to work in an office and having to follow like a traditional career path. So I hope that that worked help people kind of like think for themselves and, you know, realize that the world has more to offer and, and that you don't need to follow common narratives all the time. Um, some of my later work was about 
learning to code. So after I learned to code, it's like sharing that, right? So I hope that that, and I know that that has actually empowered people to go do that themselves. And whether it's coding or something else to go and like pick up some of these skills that are going to be important for them moving forward. Um, but then after that, it's like, you know, some of the things we talked about not needing to quit your job to make, like that was one of my very first articles. I hope that some of that work was again, challenging some of these narratives where people are like, oh wait, there's like another path here. And, and so my work, I don't think it's going to be so far, it's not going to like change the world in, in, you know, some dramatic way, but I do hope that people who encounter it almost like reconsider the way that they can think about their lives. Right. That's something that I am very proud of in my own life is that, like you said, from an early age, I'm, I don't know what it was, but like ever since I graduated university, I, there was a small period of time where I was like, okay, I'm going to like work my way up the the corporate ladder and I'm going to get to this point and get paid this much and, and do X, Y, Z. And then I just like, just questioned all of it and was able to quit my job at 22 and go fully remote and like, you know, design the life that I have. And so I guess, you know, even using that terminology lifestyle design, I hope that my work helps people do that. It helps them design their lives. And also speaking to one of the first things that we said about doing the work, I hope that my work inspires people to realize that they have the autonomy, they have the responsibility to design their lives. Like that is their job. It's no one's going to do it for you, but the world, at least if you're living in a place like, you know, North America gives you that, right? Like you do have the freedom to design whatever life you want. And if, um, if you don't do it, that's kind of on you in, in my opinion. But it's it's a beautiful thing if you do, right? That you can like take control of what you want to do in life. And so that's, I kind of, you know, spoke to a couple different things there, but I hope that those are some of the things that, you know, my work inspires people to do. Yeah, that's 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 a great uh, goal. And again, it, it, it really relates to my story as well. So I was a tour guide until COVID hit and then I had to reinvent myself and basically went down that route. And I'd be interested to hear from you because on my journey, you know, of course there are the times when you have self-doubt and you really don't know where this is taking you exactly and how long it's going to be before you either feel um, the satisfaction from having people write you or contact you to say that they've uh, read what you what you put out or they've listened to your podcast and it's made a change uh, that's bigger than money always so there's that thing uh which before it comes you're really unsure if what you're doing has any sort of viability in that field and also um yeah also i don't know it depends you might not have any sort of aspirations to to make a living doing the more creative things but but if you do like how how have you dealt with um, points where there was a peak that at least temporarily seemed insurmountable or there was just some sort of obstacle or anything like that? How, what kind of uh, approach did you take then? Yeah, so I, I've definitely run into these. So I don't want it to sound like, you know, everything's been smooth sailing. But for the last couple of years, I think the reason that I... I haven't faced as many of these like potentially like really life altering friction points is because of the way that I've set things up. Meaning that like in the last couple of years, I've done things in a way that most people 
haven't in that I've, I'm a lot more conservative. And what I mean by this is like, I do remember being at my consulting job straight out of college and feeling like, just like, what the hell, like, what do I do here? Because I had, I had my job, but then I also was kind of like helping support my family. So I didn't have any kind of like external financial means that would support me if I wanted to take the leap. I knew I wanted to go remote. Um, and, but I didn't have like, I didn't know how to code. I didn't have marketing experience. And so I just remember being like, how the hell am I going to go like jump from this cliff to this cliff? Right. But what I did at that time is what I've done with other things. I'll explain in a second. I, I brought the cliffs together. Basically I made it so I didn't have to jump. So over that last, so over 10 months or so, I taught myself a bunch of marketing, social media. I actually freelanced or contracted at like four different places at one time while I was working my full-time job. I just like figured out again, like how do I push these cliffs together instead of having to take a leap where I might fall. Right. And, and so by the end of that 10 months and 10 months is a long time, but it, it was worth it. I had learned requisite skills so that I could get I could get a full-time remote job that I was proud of and, and that, you know, uh, paid me well and wasn't this again, like where I could completely stumble in my career. So I did that. And then another example is like with my creative projects, as I mentioned, like I could have at some point thought, huh, I've built up my audience enough that I can quit my job and I could go, you know, build a business around my creative endeavors. And I probably will do that one day. But now I'm at the point where um, if I did that, I have income coming in. I have people like, you know, a large following. It, it would not, again, I've pushed the cliffs together. So it's like, I'm not jumping. I'm, I'm not taking this leap. Had I left my job, let's say two, three years ago when my audience was a lot smaller, that would have been a leap, right? And, and what I mean by like pushing the cliffs together is what I find a lot of people do is they, they choose to take big risks and, you know, big risk, potentially big reward. But then they put themselves in a state of not just stress, but when something fails, it breaks, right? When I fail, which I do all the time, I don't break because of the way I've set things up. I, you know, you know, maybe like something breaks, but not the whole system, right? And so I've made it more resistant. And, and I think that's actually important because now I'm in a place where I've, yes, probably it's taken more time than you know, someone who's, who's taken more of those like more extreme risks, but I've never had to worry about the system completely failing. And I've continued to do that. Um, so that yes, I do run into to problems, but these days they never seem insurmountable because I, I have like, it's like, I've built up a really strong bridge, right. Instead of one that's flimsy that you can't really trust. And that will break sometimes. Of course I run into struggles, but again, I've kind of like intentionally designed it this way so that I'm, I'm not facing these like insurmountable, like shit, I literally have no money in my bank account or like shit, no one will hire me. I've, I've strategically done it that way. And it's partially because I'm quite like risk averse. Um, but I think even those who are more risky could think about it in this way. Like, how do I set up my life or my path so that I can't fail? I know that sounds crazy. It's, or I can fail, but I, my whole system doesn't fail. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is very much reminiscent of um, Daniel Vassallo's portfolio of small bits uh, concept. So he's been on this podcast and he says he's also big into the lifestyle first approach. And he teaches a course about how to, you know, actually don't put all your eggs in one basket, basically. And that's that resonates with that very much. Um, yeah. So I have a little hypothetical for you. What? Um, 
what would your life look like if you didn't have to worry about about the safety without the risk aversion? Because let's say that at least financially or something, there there is no um, risk. Do you see that going forward somehow um, changing and you going forward more with, with creative endeavors? And then what would it look like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I go back and forth because honestly, I, I like having diversity in my projects, meaning like I part of me feels like I could go, f- go full on on creator stuff and do more podcasts, do more writing, do more Twitter, do more, you know, TikTok, like, start, like do all of it. But I also think I might go a little crazy because <laughs> so much of the same thing I think is not like conducive to what I enjoy. And I actually... I know a lot of people say this, like, I really love my job. And that's partially also due to lifestyle design. Like the optionality that I had early in my career was inexistent, but I have designed it so that now, I mean, this may sound cocky, but I genuinely think if I got fired from my job today and I tweeted about like, Hey, I'm looking for new work. I would have, you know, several people knocking at my door. And I've done this because I've like, I've built up my skill set. I've done it in the open. I've like showed people what I'm capable of. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, to get back to your question, I don't know if I'd be doing that much else, you know, different than what I'm currently doing. I really love my job because I've like, I've built in the optionality. So I have a job that I, like, I, I would only ever be in a job moving forward. I mean, knock on wood, like, tons of crazy stuff can happen in the world but like given the way that it is today like I would only work in jobs that give me the flexibility and the enjoyment that I have today and luckily I'm in one um and so yeah I I don't know I oscillate between being like full creator or just doing what I'm already doing I think in the future and when I say future I mean like maybe three to five years I do want to start my own company and like have you know that be my focus but that's um the only reason it's not today is because again, I'm, I'm actually really enjoying what I'm doing already. So this is again, your mind already thinking of possibilities. I like it and just keeping yeah. options, <laughs> all, all options on the table. Yeah. That's lovely. Um, yeah. Is there anything else in terms of, of doing the work, like an aspect of it that you think that maybe we haven't covered yet something that's not, um, something that makes up this elegant maxim uh, but is hidden from your view, maybe that you feel um, that you uh, that you have discovered in your life. Um, it's a good question. I mean, I think one aspect that is important to call out is you know just doing the work is not about like putting your head down and just working all the time. Um, and in fact, I see some people do this, and and it used it's to about- be. <laughs> yes, it used to be, but I, it's also about being really smart about the way you're doing that. Because just as an example, I see lots of creators who are like, "I've been writing my newsletter, you know, every week for 52 weeks, and I'm not seeing any progress." And I'm like, "That's an example where you did the work, but you weren't, you know, you weren't checking in on the mechanisms to determine like if that, you know, was leading you in the right direction or if you were doing the right work." And so, doing the right work is as important as doing work right like it's 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 not just about putting your head down because it does it is about the accountability and you showing up 
but it is equally that you're showing up in the right places. Right. And, and so I think that's some, like, I guess, a, you know, an asterisk for people because that is always heartbreaking for me to see like someone being like, I've been working on my blog for three years. And I'm like, and you're only coming up to the surface to like, see if you're doing the right thing now. Um, and so that is, I think really, really important for people to make sure they're like, they're checking in on the right path. And that is like, you know, we talked about like iteration before and like trying new things. It's like, that is something that people should do, right? They shouldn't just like double down on the first path that they see and say like, this is the path. Like you should be seeing if, you know, you need to iterate or pivot. Yeah, no, so that's that's fascinating actually. Could you elaborate on some um, criteria criteria or or measurements that that you employ to make sure that you're not just doing the work but doing the right work how do you go about that yeah so there's uh, there's two things i'll mention one of them is if people want to see like more depth into this idea they can go to my blog and specifically the how to be great article speaks to this which is talking about the importance of consistency, but again, making sure that you're doubling down on what's worth doubling down on. Um, so you can go to that article. And part of that article speaks to this idea of like, if you were to compound this out, the whole point of consistency is that you benefit from compounding. If there's no potential for compounding, or the compounding is so small, then that's where you should be questioning whether that's where you'd want to double down. And so you just ask yourself simple question, which is, if I were to do this every day for the next, let's say, you know, year or whatever it is, or maybe every week or whatever the the cadence is, where would I be? And you could just forecast that out and just see, see, is it worth it, right? Is that is that amount of compounding worth it? Is that investment worth the time I'm putting in? Because time is of course zero sum. But the one thing which is not as mathematical or quantitative that is so important that a lot of creators miss because it's not quantitative you know a lot of creators will go and be like hey what, what should my open rate be or what should you know this specific metric be and that's fine because you do want to you know balance and, and see how you are relative to other properties but is to see how many people are unsolicitedly is that a word are, are reaching out to you in an unsolicited fashion. Okay. And again, this is not some metric that you can perfectly track, but it is such an important indicator where if you are doing work that is benefiting people, not all of them, but some fraction will reach out to you. They'll say, again, this really changed the way I think about things. This newsletter was amazing. This blah, 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 right? This, this, you know, influenced me. So I learned to code, whatever it might be, you will hear from people if you are creating something of value, you will. And if you are hearing crickets outside of your, you know, let's say friends and family, that is not a good sign. That doesn't mean you give up, but that should mean that you should revisit the question. Like, why am I not getting these unsolicited pieces of feedback um, or questions? Questions are also good because you know what a question says? If someone's coming to you for advice and saying, hey, stuff, like I'm thinking of starting a newsletter, what do you think of X? Or I, here, could you give me feedback on my product? That is a piece of feedback or an indication that people look at me as an expert on something, right? And so questions and feedback, you know, those two things together indicate that you're on the right track. So again, if you're not getting some of that information back, then I would, you know, 
just ask yourself the question, why is that the case? Do people not see me as an expert? Is my stuff just not really differentiated at all? Like, is, is my, you know, am I creating the like billionth interview style podcast with, you know, no specific level of differentiation? I would encourage people to ask those questions. So again, not super quantitative, but it is something that the reason I'm mentioning is because using the same example before of like someone who's been writing a newsletter for let's say a year, maybe three years, maybe five years, and they come up to the surface and they ask, why is this not working? I ask them like, you know, are, are any of your newsletter readers, even if you have X open rate, are any of them coming to you and saying like, this was so good? And often the answer is no, right? If they're at that point and they're not growing. And I say, well, what, what do you think of that? Right? Because it is, it is an important signal. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting because, you know, these things, when you actually go and you uh, measure how much your newsletter podcast has grown over the last few years. And you, you, you realize, well, this is really uh, not as good as it could have been. Well, here's an opportunity for you to stop doing the work because you're demoralized or something like that, right? So it is important to emphasize that problems are always going to, to crop up and show up. And it's up to us to be creative about them because uh, it's kind of you do want to to explore the maze and it's okay to hit a cul-de-sac it's okay if you just turn around and you might still get it uh, get it right the second time and so that again leads me to this interesting aspect of, of do the work and it's not like just like you said it's not about just showing up and doing the same thing over and over again, but it's actually finding things like uh, motivation, new ideas, inspiration. This apparently all goes back into this thing which started as from do the work, but as we speak, it strikes me that it's actually do uh, do the creative right work. And yeah, yeah, I, there's asterisks all over it. <laughs> yeah, the, it, we actually have to qualify it a bit because it's, it's, it's interesting how these different aspects of, of work go there and and support support the, the doing over time. Yeah, I think you could qualify it by saying like do the work intentionally or do the intentional work because what a lot of people do, and I see this with people that I've managed in the past who will, they'll be in their job and they'll be like, you know, they'll be working so hard and I can see it, but they're not hitting their goals or they're not doing the work that the company really needs. But they are just spinning their wheels and they get frustrated because they're like, stuff, I'm working so hard or they may not even say it, but I know that's how they're feeling. They're, they're saying, why am I getting, you know, not these like five star performance reviews? Why am I getting, you know, three star? I'm working so hard. And it's like, well, you know, you have to be intentional about the work that you're doing. It's not just spinning your wheels. It's making sure, you know, using the wheel analogy, if you're on a bike, you're trying to get somewhere. I don't care if you bike around for three hours, if your destination is 15 minutes away and you've just been biking in circles or somewhere else, like you didn't meet the goal, right? You didn't get to where you're trying to be. And so you need to make sure that you're moving in the right direction, which isn't always easy to tell, but in some cases it is, right? Some cases you you have certain metrics that you can tether to. And if you're not hitting those metrics or you're not seeing some of that unsolicited feedback, it is like, that is when you should ask yourself, am I working intentionally towards a very clear goal? Because that's another place Or sometimes people don't even have a clear goal that they're trying to hit. 
Yeah, I, I, I really like it because, you know, it makes perfect sense to take your bike or go on a, on a boat or anything like that and just want to explore, just want to get out there. But even on a nice day like this, when you're completely, um, uh, completely free and you just want to experience whatever this amazing uh, reality can offer, you still want to get home safely let's say okay so that should still yeah. be a, a clear goal to to get home safely and not get lost in the woods or or out at sea something and like it's that. important to know what you're like which state you're in i find that sometimes people are not cognizant of that or they ignore that meaning i am such a supporter of just doing things for fun just going on the water you have no destination in mind you're enjoying that day but most people don't want to do that every day of their lives. In fact, every person on this earth would get bored of that. And so some days you're exploring the waters. Some days you're actually trying to get to a specific island, right? And knowing when it's one or the other is important because you're, you know, you're going to treat things differently. One is far less intentional than the other. And so know when you're in one state or another state and act accordingly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's lovely. And um, I'm really happy. I, I do feel like we made some progress kind of looking around the do the work um, uh, little slogan and kind of deconstructed it and hopefully help reconstruct it and maybe even build on it somehow. Um, because it is so relevant to our lives. If we if we tie to to living well in the 21st century, the old incentives or just the old way of doing things of just being able to somehow get out of bed and go to your job at the factory that's just that's just seems that just seems obsolete at this point and we do need to be the type of people who are uh yeah renaissance uh, men and women that are able to add more and more uh possible actions to our arsenal or repertoire to, to deal with it. And this comes not only with a skill set, but also um, in terms of our souls, just knowing where to get motivation, where to turn for inspiration, all these things. So I'm really happy that we we got to kind of tie it in together in a, in a neat package. Yeah, I feel like we came full circle, which is great. Yeah. So to conclude things, Steph, I'd love you to uh, to share with listeners um, anything you want to share in terms of where to find you, where to follow you. I know you have a podcast, a blog. So all that, please go ahead. Yeah. So if people want to reach out to me directly, uh, my website is stephsmith.io or I'm most active on Twitter. My handle there is stephsmith.io. I also do have a podcast. It's the shit you don't learn in school. So we talk about lots of things like we talked about today, the stuff that uh, most people are missing, I, I think, right? So you learn how to do calculus or maybe like how, how you know, your body works in biology class, but you don't learn how to maybe think for yourself or you know how to think through your next career decision. And so we talk about things like that. And then I have a bunch of other projects, but you can find them all at stephsmith.io, which is my site again. Yeah, lovely. Thank you so much. And this has been illuminating and fun above all. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me.